found her. The pirates had her in their ship, in their ship, and I had the pieces of eight with which to ransom my pigeon and bring her back into the stream and tell us about, well, what adventures she had down there, down under with the wombats and the spice traders and the sea pirates. And we have such a good stream for you tonight. So welcome to the Mosaic Arc. found her are you okay did you Hello. how did you escape how did you escape from pirates i went into uh, I, well i had to disguise myself of, oh, as one of them. all right yes yes look at that and then i snuck off the bridge. I, I think you know i was i was thinking i can't wear it <laughs> i have with the headphones i have on. a renaissance fair hat that's so big i think it would fill my frame Right, it's got the feather and everything. One day, one day we'll have to do one in full costume, right? And and maybe I'll oh, get definitely. my fiddle or something if I can learn to play. He's a pirate better than I used to be able to, which is in in that in that um, Rob Landis video that has him playing a different. I'm not even. I think I think I was an amateur before. And now I just sound like a noob again. <laughs> maybe maybe if I use the right eye eyeliner, right? Oh yeah, it's all about the eye makeup. It's all about the eye. We were that's what it we is. were gonna call this one. Remember, it was gonna be why Jack Sparrow wears eye makeup. Yes, that's right. That's right. I'm not and sure. I got distracted and kidnapped. And then you got just and I had to find you with tarot cards and see yep. so I, I, I realized that there was some discussion last week in, in the uh the unauthorized chat about what what kind of symbolism I was wearing in my jewelry, right? So I, I thought in uh -huh. honor of pirates I'd real like a real jeweled cross, right? So we, we'll, we'll, we'll get there with the Spanish, yes? Yes. <laughs> my, my Spanish. Oh, yes, we will. My, my Spanish desire. If only, if only I'd learned all the languages that people were speaking around me when I was growing up, I could habla espanol. <laughs> it's tricky sometimes. If you're, if you're extremely cosmopolitan, the language starts to get a bit strange. Mm. Till something like English emerges, <laughs> we keep promising. We keep promising to do. A, we should do a. Uh, you know how to how to speak like a pirate. Well, I think I am. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Since in fact the great pirate language is indeed English. Mm -hmm. We so we we are desperately trying to avoid talking about what absolutely everybody else is talking about right now. That ye oldie ye. 
of ye ark and ye story and he said <laughs> he said something ye in fact um said something mm-hmm. about you know speaking english as you know what what exactly is he speaking it's like one day we're going to we're going to get that that young man or he's older than you but younger than me <laughs> into this chicago stream and we can talk you know rhymes and language and pirate pirate voice i i think we should do that we promise to try. That would be fun. We promise to try. Anybody watching knows how how to help us get him. I you know if where to write me. Yeah, because he likes wearing weird things. You know, it takes a very confident man to wear galoshes around his casual wear. I think they're and supposed I... to be dress wear, aren't they? Which is it? Pierce, Pierce Morgan seemed to be impressed. <laughs> yeah, which is just <laughs> I mean, come on. Can you see Piers Morgan walking around in a tailored suit and galoshes? It's not going to happen. No, you need to be a pirate to pull that kind of fashion off. You have Absolutely. to be a pirate. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just thought, you know what? This is very Vivian Westwood. Uh, it's, it's going to integrate well into, uh, into the rest of the, the wardrobe. Um, so I'm just going to embrace it now. My uh, my anglophilia, my pirate anglophilia, has 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 finally arrived, Doc. This week that, that you that you're enjoying it. The, 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 so the thing is, yeah. I say I say, and and I think did, who said did you say did, that you didn't like speaking English? I love speaking English. I, I think did. it's a magnificent language, and it bears the stamp of every every um, uh, conqueror that's taken over England since. <laughs> Right. I without without the oh let's let's recite it. When did the English last have an English king? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, when they don't that? have an English one now. <laughs> uh, you know, <clears throat> König Karl, whatever. How would you say King Charles in German? <laughs> well, not Charlemagne, because but that's why I don't he's, know. that's why he's called that's why he's called Charles, of course, because all kings in Europe are eventually descended from Charlemagne, who's king of the Franks. Yeah, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now well, go ahead, Carlos. Well, Glossa. On, re- on reflection, I now realize why I don't like speaking English. Okay, it's not the language per se; it's the phonemes. So Australian English is very uh homogenized and it's been bleached i think even more than english itself i watched this video on the the uh emergence of the australian dialect and basically it's southeast english dialects and what happened when all of those uh Kent. people like arrived Kent. in australia you, sound, you should sound yeah, like, no yeah. you should sound like milo why don't you sound like milo Oh, because we're not that push. Um, <laughs> I just everyone, everyone was so uh, incapable of understanding each other, even in their little tiny dialects of English, <laughs> that the Aussies just decided to change the way they sounded to so everyone would understand them, and so we ended up with this very strange kind of uh, safe English. This is the English that you speak if you need to speak to everybody else in England without an accent, but- and then it created this one, and now no one can do it because it's uh, become its own thing. But, but that's but the whole point. Names. That's the whole point. That's why English is the pirate language. And, mm. and it's, 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 it's not Old English. We have no inflections. The only word I could say in Old English is quet, which 
It's the beginning of Beowulf. What is that? It's the beginning of Beowulf and nobody knows what it means. Oh. Because it could mean listen, it could mean, um, you know, ha, right? It's kind of like, you know, hear, hear, uh, hear me or something. But one, I've seen one scholar say it means and, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's you know mm-hmm. it's it's we're not even sure what you know, whatever language theoretically my ancestors some of whom were english would have been speaking it, it 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 wouldn't have sounded like this and the english have been conquered and conquered and conquered and conquered and conquered i i hear now they have what is it a hindu prime minister and a muslim mayor of london mm-hmm. who probably sound like milo I, I think, in fact, in fact, oh golly, I didn't look up what the the prime minister's name is, but um, you know, he, he sounds very posh. <laughs> yes, definitely not the convict dialect. Proper, proper, proper <laughs> imperial British, which is, of course, what the Americans don't speak because we're, you know, pirate people of various of various mm-hmm. layers, right? So. Because you do have a lot of really interesting ancestors, don't you, on your English side? Well, I, you know, I have here in my hand a genealogy, right? And and I, I, I was I was studying it once. Let's see, we have to go back fourteen generations. We st- wait, well, it was my grandfather's my grandfather's genealogy, so it has to start with General Lee William Fulton, born in Alexander, Illinois, he died in Los Alamos, New Mexico, where they make bombs that blow up the desert. Um, his, his father was Lee William Fulton, who was born in Alexander, Illinois. Um, and his grandfather was Dr. Lee Washington Fulton, who was born in, ooh, Loudoun County, Virginia in Mm -hmm. 1836. So before the Civil War, we were Virginians. Um, and Loudoun County, we've talked about, I think we mentioned, it's like they have school board events there that become quite heated and interesting. And Loudoun County is like, it's, it's the edge of the Appalachian people, right? The Fultons, we'll actually find out the Fulton name, they came from Ulster, right? So they come from Ireland. Um, let's see, that's generation number three. Let's stick with the Fultons. Generation number four, William Fulton, born in Loudoun County, in 1807 generation number five robert fulton born in loudon county okay we're still we're still in loudon county we've got a lot of these okay and then of course the generations get longer so i have to do more pages oh look at that we got some wind cups in there they're dutch right um the wind cups i i think they gelder do they come from gelderland they we, charles campbell he's uh he's one of the scots my dad got really excited about okay here we're now at generation number seven david fulton born in ireland uh so that's that's where those fultons come in uh let's see there's a van de grift wait robert no okay so obviously generations fan out you fan out oh and now generation number eight G- garrett winkup gentleman born in albany new york daughter hmm. we're going back in time do you see the going back in time I promise the payoff in this is good, you guys. <laughs> back in time. There's a point. Back in time. Oh, <laughs> generation number nine. Cornelius Everest Wundkip, born in Wickerham by Aden, Gelderland province, Holland. So, in fact, like when in Ninth's Tale, when um, Ulrich von Lichtenstein pretends to be from Gelderland. Okay, one, that's that's hilarious uh-huh. joke because Ulrich von Lichtenstein is a real poet. Well, okay, that's another stream. <laughs> but, okay, and... And uh, the Winkups were in New Amsterdam, Holland. Okay, back. See, now I so I was doing this with my ancestry um, 
uh, one, because obviously I'm a historian too. It, it, there's so many people. I'm like, I'm down in, you know, generation. What? Ooh, there's a Rachel who was born in Ulster, married to Campbell, who was from Scotland. To generation number 10, we've got Everett Winkett born in Holland. Um, that's at 528, right? So you're, you're doing this exponential fan of all of the generations. It's like, who is, who, how many people are related to whom? I, 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 you know, it's like, if you, if you go back far and if you start indeed like King Charles being related to everybody. Um, and I was, you know, I, I, I was doing this and thinking, you know, we've got Irish, we've got Dutch, we've got who generation number 11. Oh, Ooh, this one sounds, this one sounds almost interesting. Richard Hawkins, born 1560. What, whatever could you mean? Richard Hawkins, born 1561 in Plymouth, Devonshire. Died April 17th, 1622 in England. He was the son of John Hawkins and Catherine Gonson. Oh, and now we've gotten really thin on the ground. That's the only generation. Um, that's generation number 11 from my grandfather. He's number, he's number one in this list. And more about Richard Hawkins. Occupation. Naval commander. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Who did this John Hawkins was? Generation number 12. John Hawkins, born 1532 in Plymouth, Devonshire, England. Oh, my. That sounds posh. Devonshire, Plymouth. Wait. What do you talk like this? I don't. I don't know. I mean, so the, 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 we, you realize we've gone from Fulton to Wimcup to Hawkins. That there's 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 four mm -hmm. generations. I did like map this all out at one point. There's four generations that the daughters are marrying into the line. So we don't have any direct Hawkins men in our um, ancestry. There there was a Fulton who married a da 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 who married a you know. So, but the but this is direct lineage. Okay. I wonder you're going to have to apologize to by the end of this. Okay. Probably everybody. <laughs> I'm going to claim the ability to play the fiddle. No. Okay. So John Hawkins, born 1532, Plymouth, Devonshire. Have you all been looking this up yet? All six of you watching. No eye patch. Mel, naval command equals pirate. We're getting close, Mike 1000. Um, <laughs> died November 12, 1595. Ooh, at sea off Puerto Rico. That that's this this Ooh. this John Hawkins born in 1532 Plymouth. Now I will admit that the first time I read this, I'm like Hawkins. Okay, that's an English name. I really, but I, I'm still looking for exciting ancestors. And I went back to uh, generation number 13. William Hawkins born probably in Plymouth, Devonshire, died 1554. He was the son of John Hawkins and Joan Amados. And then I got excited because that loud sounded Spanish or something. Uh, oh, that's cool. Maybe yes. John Hawkins born this is the, as far back as my grandfather was able to get it. John Hawkins, another one born about 1450, died 1488, who had married Joan Amados. At which point, not knowing anything about Hawkinses, um, but Amados sounding quite cool and, and possibly Spanish and, and therefore pretty, pretty nifty. I Googled him <laughs> and then found out that I'd missed the one that was actually interesting. What'd you find, Doc? Oh well, look. You know, we could we could just sit here like a monkey smoking, but I'll show you his. Um... <laughs> Did you put crack crack monkey? I up? put crack monkey up because, of course, <laughs> of course, all of this. I've got some books to recommend tonight. Um, one of them is *The Age of Intoxication*, 
Origins of the Global Drug Trade. Um, highly recommended by Benjamin Breen. This is going to take us to Portugal. Highly recommended. Highly, See what highly, you did there? Oh, I did it. You just did. <laughs> I am completely sober. You, however, had the you got taken by pirates, and I have to like claim claim high ground here by you know actually being one. Okay, so ben, Benjamin Breen, <laughs> The Origins of the Global Drug Trade, and here's the, the crack monkey whom you see on screen smoking tobacco. Well, you know, I, where did tobacco come from? How do, we, how do we even know about tobacco? Do you, do you remember who it was that we learned from tobacco about? No. I've drunk too much rum on oh, the Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> I call you by it every single day when we write poetry. Hey, Drake's. She's too drunk. Sir Francis Drake. True. Sir Francis Drake, whom everyone's heard of, right? Because you've heard you've heard of Sir Francis Drake, right? Oh, come on. Well, yeah, I have. Work with me here. I think I have. Yeah. <laughs> you've heard of Sir Francis Drake. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've heard of his. Oh, famous. They're actually not cousins. It's it's said to be cousins, but what, uh, John Hawkins was actually a little older. I'm showing mm -hmm. here now. Sir John Hawkins coat of arms. Oh, it, yes. It's a kind of, it's, it's a stomper. It's a stonker, right? If you want to learn more in detail about Sir Francis Jake and yes, my direct ancestor, <laughs> Sir John Hawkins, pillaging the empire, global piracy on the high seas by Chris Lane is a recommended, I, it, it, uh, it, it explains why um, Hawkins died off, uh, drowned off Puerto Rico. <laughs> wasn't very popular i actually know i think they were just engaged in piracy and he drowned oh, yeah really? but no one jumped in to save him uh, well um i don't know so the, the john hawkins son sir richard hawkins i need to read this wrote a voyage into the south sea published in 1622 it, it recounted his experiences in great detail um so this is the Drake yes! of, uh, of, of why we're called the Drakes. For everyone who's asked me so far, why are you called Drakes? <laughs> this is why. <laughs> Actually, I mean, we could be rappers. I, I, you know, I, I do have another dog right now who's, who's, who's kind of named Drake. And so whenever I'm walking him in the park in Chicago and everyone's like, what's your, what's your dog's name? And I say Drake. <laughs> There's a difference of response <laughs> depending on who I'm talking to. I will, I will say certain of my neighbors are quite delighted and start singing <laughs> or telling me about telling mm -hmm. me about their DJ gigs. That's for, for real. One of one of them, one of them did. Um, so I, the thing is, I don't I, the Drake thing actually was Drake is the Welsh animal, right? The dragon. So my dragon mm -hmm. common room was always innocently the sort of corgi whales, dragony fantasy, such like that. But as we've learned sailing on the mosaic arc everything always connects to everything else and yes. uh yes sir francis drake is in there now the thing is when i originally found out about sir john hawkins um i just thought oh that's cool he and sir francis drake were admirals in helping queen elizabeth Let, let's see i have queen elizabeth oh no wait that's the wrong one or is it the right one the the, the, the this one is which one this was number two Oh um, yes, right. No, so no. I I should have the I should have this one, the rainbow one. <laughs> uh, that um, Hawkins and Drake were famous because they uh, 
helped Elizabeth defeat the Spanish mm-hmm. uh, in, in 15, 1588 uh, when Philip, who was her half-sister's um, widow, right? Um, Philip of Spain is, is trying to invade and claim his kingdom because, well, he'd been married to Mary. Um and uh drake and hawkins and i forgot what the other one is but there there were three admirals that helped like burn all the spanish ships they're they're a little bit helped with the a um a windstorm uh, as well so i you know i was originally quite delighted and if you look up uh, hawkins family lineages online that that will be the thing that they're celebrating for the most part but i feel that there's something else to this story now <laughs> you know you know that you don't look like you're about to celebrate much uh, you know that skit do i need to get rum should i have brought the bottle uh, i'll just let me just let me just do this a little more if, if i'm gonna make confession now me hearties uh, you know <laughs> i don't i don't i don't like rum spill spill the no. tea spill it tea what tea i am i am i am a red-blooded american my ancestors have been here since i told you before the revolution i am dar on all sides of my family and german but you know that we don't talk about that <laughs> why no. I, we, the hit there that's that's still hiding okay so i have questions do you <laughs> i do what kind of admirable, uh, ad admiral, and what kind of navy did Elizabeth have? Maybe, yeah. Yes, yes. She made mm -hmm. up her own navy. Oh, she made it I up. Think so because I don't, you know, this is that's a good question. I don't think the English were much of a sea power before Elizabeth. <laughs> I mean, they're they're yeah. I know off the top of my head, I realized that they hadn't. They'd been a sea power. Well, no, not so. So we've got a lot of hanging parentheses here right now. I've, I've made jokes about how um, the English haven't had their own kings <laughs> basically since 1066. I mean, literally, Edward the Confessor, um, it, you know, when he dies, he has no children. There's a little battle or two over who gets to succeed him. William the Conqueror shows up from Normandy and um mm -hmm. takes control of the kingdom Norman. the normans right although of course before edward part of the reason that the kingdom is 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 so weak is they well they're weak and rich they've been fighting off the danes for centuries um and the foundation of the english navy was to, you know in the victorian period uh they looked back to king Ad alfred who had um okay. fortified wessex which is like between the part of the country where your people come from and the part of the country where my people come from. <laughs> it's the middle of the, the southern bit. Um, that Alfred had fortified Wessex effectively against the Vikings, a.k.a. Danes, um, to the extent that when the Danes settle in England, <laughs> at least they don't settle in Wessex, they settle a little further north and east, right? So they settle in what's the Dane law, which is basically... Um, it's not East Anglia. It's some of East Anglia, but up to Northumbria. So like York, Viking York, um, the Vikings take over. So okay. in part of the island, they haven't even been ruled by English kings. Well, okay. So then Alfred and his son, Edward, reconquer the rest of the island. There's some English kings. Ethelred in the early 11th century ends up having to pay a lot of money to the, the, the Vikings, the Danes. Um, and by the time Edward 
the confessor dies, there's Danes claiming the throne, and then there's Normans claiming the throne. And basically, the English haven't had an English king since then. Sounds pretty cool. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, so if you're if you're mourning the loss of your you know your monarch, it happened <laughs> some time ago, which is why English is the way it is, right? It's been taken over by pirates several times. Okay. All right. So, so this is kind of a key concept for us in DCR that maybe we should just outline. This is this idea of becoming sea power. What that means, okay. right? Because you've just described a lot of things happening on the land and a lot of invasions coming in from the north. And then suddenly the Elizabethan era, uh, the Elizabethan era hits and Elizabeth suddenly has turned her attention towards the seas. Yeah. England builds a navy. And then Well they have they that attention. They, they have a little navy in in the in the Middle Ages when the English, I, we say English, right? But because after King John loses Normandy and his treasure and has to sign Magna Carta and therefore the beginning of, you know, conservative conservative law, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, the, 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 the kings in England are only, only in England, but they, they maintain the desire to reconquer the rest of the lands that the Normans had. Um, and so they do, okay. they do themselves try a few times to conquer bits of France, right? Normandy and, um, Aquitaine because Eleanor of Aquitaine had held that. And, um, uh, in the hundred years war, there's layers and layers of that. If we, we did Joan of Arc when we talked about Galadriel a bit, right? And Joan's in the midst yes. of this English attempt to take over France, but, and, and they do have some successful sea battles in that. Um, expedition, but they're not really in the in the Middle Ages. The great maritime empires are Venice mm -hmm. um, and Genoa in the Mediterranean, and yeah. um, then in the north along the Baltic in the North Sea, the Hansa towns. Right, so they're these trading towns, um, which are we can talk about the Hansa some other time. But yeah, so England they have some ships and they they do have some successful sea battles in the medieval period, but. I realize as we're talking now, yeah, with it's it's really with Elizabeth that they start developing an effective presence, an effective maritime presence against these other great powers. For example, Spain, who has the fleet that it does because, well, they're trying to find gold mm -hmm. in the New World. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Who's gold? Oh well, you know the 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 um, people who do human sacrifice, right? So it's okay. <laughs> the Aztec gold. Aztec gold. Hmm. Who do we know that has Aztec gold in our story? We seem to be getting the pieces here. Okay, so we have. And, we do. And, and remember that. Okay, the 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 Norman French English kings aren't really English; they're Normans. Um, by the end of the 15th century, those family lines have been contested a number of times. And the Tudors come in, who are, of course, Welsh. And therefore, Elizabeth is, you know, the Tudor families are, are Welsh, technically. And um, mm -hmm. therefore, they get very interested in the King Arthur stories, which is why she, Elizabeth gets to dress up as fairy queen and Arthurian legends and, and so forth. And, and therefore, also why... The, the dragon imagery becomes so prominent in that period 
drakes and dragons and i don't know how sir francis drake got his name i realized i should have looked that up um but the the dragon imagery is very very powerful in elizabeth's own court mythology because because mm. of the sort of merlin jeffrey monmouth so dragons are in there we got dragons in there we got sea power coming in there and then we got this 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 little this family serving her majesty shipwise and helping her do things like defeat the spanish who are rich on aztec gold at the at the time mm. yeah. did they ask nicely for the aztec gold this is the english that is how did elizabeth's navy procure all of that spanish aztec gold let's see maybe it's in this book i got some i wore my bling by did the you way wear I've been reading. Ooh. yeah i did Ooh, look at this elizabethan privateers affairs between uh-huh. spain and england took a rather sudden turn for the worse in 1585 and drake was at the forefront of the aggression my <laughs> Oh my. Okay, so Drake doesn't actually have any any descendants. It's just the Hawkins line that carries this on. Um, his two large expeditions to the West Indies during this period, however, though sponsored by the Queen, were not typical of the time. As Andrews has shown, okay, that's boring. Excluding Drake's ventures, this leaves 74 expeditions, most small, all of them privately financed. Blah, blah, blah. Interesting. Corsairs, Pacific raids. <laughs> In reality, the first great wave of English marauding, marauding hmm, in the Caribbean, Caribbean, hmm, was a series of business ventures. <laughs> They're getting set up for the East India Company, I can tell. Always excused mm. rather than commanded by a monarch whose power was more symbolic than material. Okay, um, ooh, wait. Apparently they stole it. <laughs> and, and, and this so they- is... More, they're marauding and stealing yes, the gold. Yes, in the Caribbean, from the Spanish, many times. Great, 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 I love granddaddy's Hawkins and Drake. <laughs> uh, and they call us the convicts, you see? No, you just, you're just, you're just not straight up thieves like we were. The crime wasn't big enough. <laughs> presumably, presumably. Yes. Um, and so the long story short, and it is more in detail here, which is which is an interesting read when you realize you're related. Um, so Drake and Hawkins are, are famous because they, they plunder the Spanish treasure fleets over and over and over again. And Elizabeth claims some yes. of the money. So if you're worried about me right now saying that I'm descended from Hawkins, guess what? <laughs> Everything you're proud of in English history is too. Yeah. Absolutely all of it. It's I don't know whether it's so sobering. I'm going to have to get some more drink in here. Well, there's nothing. No, this is like when it's like talk about the Hans are we the baddies story. Wait till we tell you about Churchill. No, we're not doing that one this stream. We may get to that. No. <laughs> when, you, when you realize. Let's just no, no, stay with no. Spanish gold for today. <laughs> <laughs> the Spanish gold, the Spanish here. I've been showing Elizabeth too long. Who do we got next? Oh, look, they're there. Okay, so that this is the guys, right? Hawkins and Drake are um, Drake's in the middle, and Hawkins is the one without a hat, I think. Or no, maybe which one's which? There are three of them anyway. Great granddaddy's mm-hmm. in that picture. Um, that literally everything that we glamorize about the Elizabethan period from ooh the magic. You guys were worrying about me and tarot cards last week. Good grief. <laughs> 
really? Do you realize who Elizabeth was in her foundation of the English monarchy that we are now mourning with her namesake's death? She is the foundress of this pirate empire. And it was based on plunder of Aztec gold from the Spanish, burning of the Spanish fleet in 1588. Thank you, great-great-granddaddy. And we haven't said the worst thing yet. Um, and um, that all of the, the sort of mythology that's constructed around her, which Shakespeare is doing it like covertly, and we still get to have Shakespeare as a good guy, right? Because he's probably like trying to warn people through all of those history plays that he does about what the monarchs are like mm. and, and what the, you know, the fairy queen and the fairies and the Macbeth and stuff like that. That is all what we have to learn to do right now by saying it without saying it so that the algorithms don't get us that Shakespeare is writing in a period of, Oh wait, Elizabethan England, intense censorship because, and who did they like censoring Catholics? <laughs> Why would that be? Well, they're thieving pirates who stole all the money of the monasteries. <laughs> <laughs> under elizabeth's dad <laughs> mm -hmm. right? i mean e michael jones talks about this in, in depth in his book on usury the barren metal book where he's showing the protestant you know the foundation of the protestant monarchy is henry the eighth and his courtiers thugs steal all the property of the the land and then his daughter elizabeth comes along and she is directly enriched by Drake and Hawkins plundering. That's why they end up as sirs, yes. I think, um, because she, she nobles them. And I'll, I'll go back to this court of arms, right? Because, oh, there, there we so go. This is, this is the this... court of arms of Sir John Hawkins given, granted to him for service to her, her, her majesty. What kind of services did he Grant. Well, that you may see this this human majesty. figure at the top of the image, who is rather dark mm -hmm. complexioned. Mm, swarthy, indeed. Who African, probably. Uh -huh. uh, he started the slave trade for England. The oh, English during transatlantic slave trade. <laughs> I really, I wish I'd brought rum today. I need, oh, look, I've got um, some. It's like, what am I drinking? Orvieto Classico. We're not going to end up with anybody good guys left, right? Mm -mm. You, you cannot, you don't. Okay, one, short, short stop to the cross. If, if, you're, if you're sitting around being proud of yourself for being related to anybody, you're all related to Adam. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so just to recap, <laughs> what we basically have is we have England, which is like it was English, and then it started becoming ruled by a bunch of foreigners, so it was colonized. And then some Welsh royals decided to go into like uh, Arthurian LARP turbo mode and integrate all of this draconic imagery into their uh, aristocratic uh, mythology. They heard the sea gods calling 
they turned in England into a sea power and then went raiding and looting and pillaging Spanish towns to steal all their stuff and then started the transatlantic slave trade. Yep. <laughs> okay. You feeling better about being convict land? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> i got no hang-ups whatsoever from down here. <laughs> I mean, all I know is I'm Winkip right New Amsterdam. We're, we're, we, you know, we haven't even we brought the Dutch have... in yet. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I can tell you something. We don't even have the genealogies. I've tried to mm. get them. We don't even have the paperwork. So, okay. Now, they're setting up... <laughs> help me! Help me particular... with my confession! Oh, yeah, yeah. Bless me, bless me, Father, for my fathers have sinned. <laughs> I mean, at least I'm Catholic, right? For a long time, I was like, oh, you know, my ancestors, they all came from Scotland and Ireland. They were Presbyterian. They were. The Fultons were Presbyterian. That's why they're, you know from ulster more piracy mm -hmm. right basically because the english well whatever you know yes. so i'm like oh you know by converting to catholicism i'm abandoning abandoning my presbyterian ancestors and i'm like run away abandon ship. <laughs> ship i mean how do you think we all got here we you and i have talked about this before but we're doing it really hardcore this, today right that the United States yeah. is a maritime empire. We have this weird, this weird, yeah. you know, interval where we have railroads and interstates and stuff like that, but they're basically rivers. And so we are returning to our maritime roots in, oh, I don't know, pirating back all of what we're basically, you know, the Vikings of the Vikings of the Vikings now, we're, what, what we're doing in Europe. Mm. Yay, NATO. Well, it's Pirate Olympics now. It's Pirate Olympics. Pirate sure. Olympics. Okay, so... I have to say this because it's like they didn't start the African slave trade. There was thank you fair multiple fair. different African slave trades which I will rant about on another stream. But the English are not responsible for the African slave trade. But what they did do Yes, I don't think that lets us off the hook, but you're right. We should now that no. now that we broached this one. We can we can work further on the yes. the, the rest of the that the the other part get, of the story. We've got to we get, to, get the pirates in. Yeah, because yeah. we got to get to the Caribbean. Yes. So basically, they arrived in a continent where there was already trading happening. It's always been that way, but they industrialized it in a very very particularly Elizabethan way. So I think that's something that needs to be said. Well, the, so the Elizabethan because... isn't industrial yet. It's simply piracy. It's straight. I mean, it's oh well, not yeah, in yeah not not industrial. Sorry, not industrial in the in the capital I. They do do that sense, in the Caribbean more... with the slate the the sugar plantations, yes. but that that's that's not yet. Yes, <laughs> Let, later yeah. problem. Uh, no, but they they're uh, they're. I mean, it's like Eureka, we've struck gold. They've basically figured out a way to make obscene profits on human flesh trade. Uh, and uh, have got the green light from uh, from from their royal sovereign to do this on behalf of the uh, the English monarchy. Yes. Correct. Okay. So essentially, what Elizabeth has then is uh, not a navy. <laughs> She's just got. A pirate fleet, which are answerable to her. Yes. Okay. So, 
then England starts to turn its face towards conquest of new land and goes over to the new world. Right. And I think I so skimming the book that I haven't read, I mainly concentrate on the chapter of my family in it. Um, <laughs> I, I realize I, I haven't got to the Dutch sea rovers. Well, well the, his, the, the, the general history lesson will have to continue further because you realize we are in our Draco Alchemicus research, trying to unpack all of this mm. um, because we realized that um, the, the, the spice trade and the alchemy and the piracy and, and I mean, to the degree that we are now under big pharma is all part of this network. And um, I, I don't think the middle ages gets out innocent out of this, but man, oh man, the early modern period, <laughs> <laughs> you, you think modernity is better <laughs> it, it it the modernity the early modern period is the period of these sea empires this development of these sea empires mm -hmm. and the the short version is there's the, the the elizabethan development in the in the late 50, late 16th century the dutch in the the 17th century so my Wincup family that goes over to new amsterdam new amsterdam is settled in the midst of all of this um expansion mm -hmm. Um, and then the, 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 you know, to get to the actual, where we are with the, um, pirate movies, which is where we wanted to, to also take you, um, to get to how this becomes a part of the mythology of who, who the United States, well, not even who the United States is, it's like modernity, right? Why, this is why, why mm -hmm. does, why does Jack Sparrow wear eye makeup, right? What was it that they were... Um, showing us in the pirate movies that we need to keep digging on. And and I, so the, the backstory of me watching the pirate movies, um, I went to Disneyland when I was in, in 1976, 77. Um, that was the one time, I, no, Disney World. That's the one time I've been there. And we did see the Pirates of the Caribbean exhibit. And I realized Disney World had only been open for a few years, so we must have seen it fairly early. So... In whenever it was, 2000, um, Pirates of the Caribbean came out. I was interested to go see it. It sounded like a fun romp, right? And um, you know, family family outing, and and we go, we go to see the Pirates of the Caribbean. And of course, it was delightful. <laughs> it was so much, yeah. so much better than than we went that any of us. Let me get to pirate pictures. I'll, I'll, I'm passing through frankincense and myrrh. Here we are, our hero Jack Sparrow, right? Um, and it, it was, it was delightful and hilarious and tricksy and, and Johnny Depp was very cute. Um, and, and since he's basically my age, he got to be cute and someone in my own generation. Right. So that, that, that's actually great. And then I was also learning defense. Right. So I was also delighted with anything swordplay. And I think they had Bob Anderson. I always want to, it's always got to be by Bob Anderson doing the fencing scenes. And I, I do think he choreographed some of them for them. So I, we, I went to see number two, I think while I was in Atlanta for a fencing tournament, which was great. Right. Cause like, I just won a really great bout and then I got to go see more sword fighting. And then it started getting what I thought was kind of silly. Um, the Kraken and he got swallowed and that's, you know, that's not great. And then, in number three, I felt like it had literally just gone over the edge of the world, which is, of course, the, you know, when they do <laughs> go over the edge of the world, like you are, right? There you are in the, are, yeah. are in the future. It's like your ship must, you need to rock the ship so it flips over, right? 
Okay, so all we're at world's end all here. All world's right? end, yeah. right? <laughs> so, but by that time, by yes. that time, I'd convinced myself that the whole series had just gone off the rails and was too silly for words, and I stopped watching. Fast forward, as they say, <laughs> to this summer, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Johnny Depp's um, civil case. It was a civil case, right? It's like whatever. Oh, this is when he got me too. Yeah, then blew up. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he'd been me too, and then and then he gets the he's suing her, right? Or I hurt her. Yes, for defamation. Mm-hmm. Wasn't mm-hmm. it? And I'll, I'll give a shout out to one of our fellow Telegram denizens, Crayon, the real Crayon, was doing some really interesting posts. Watching the she was watching the whole thing, like in detail and posting on her channel, Crayon Existentialism, um, about the trial, which made me pay attention because I think I wouldn't have otherwise. I, I, I kind of, I thought the pirate movies had gone silly. I didn't want to watch them anymore. I, I hadn't watched any of other, of Depp's other stuff, right? I, I didn't watch the Alice in Wonderlands until this summer. I hadn't watched a lot of his mm-hmm. other work, even though I, I realized I had grown up watching most of like chocolate and, um chocolate is very is very we're not going to do chocolate I mean, we should talk about that but edward sister hands then i saw you know it's like what yes. i what has come out of this is i realized he picked some very interesting roles there's a whole sort of arc mm-hmm. of um depth's interest in scripts obviously i mean that he did the tim burton ones i did watch with one of my fencing friends the Sweeney Todd, right? And we, there was one we were we're sharing, we're room sharing at the tournament, and he's talking about his 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 blade. At last, my hand is complete, right? <laughs> so I got a lot of depth, right? You know, fangirling already. Yes. And then, of course, Crayon is talking about the trial, and I then got interested, and I watched the rest of them. And the rest is this is this live stream, right? Because then I obsessively watched all five of the Pirates of the Caribbean and realized they're the mythology we need to to be looking at they're they're it's like to say everything english has its origins in this the the sort of problem of piracy the problem of who we are as pirates the problem of what there's mm-hmm. that, that the, those amazing now i've forgotten what the script writers are somebody in the chat tell me who their script writers were oh casey's casey's reassuring me saying you were reuniting your clan to their historic catholic faith not abandoning them Yes, I realize that now, right? But my first impulse was, "Oh no, I'm not Presbyterian anymore." And then now I get it's like we're 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 going back in time, right? We have to keep going back in time to find you're you're constantly learning. Here's another layer. Here's another layer. Here's another layer. Mm. We have to keep going back in in our story to find our full the full fan of all of the ancestors that we have. Um, I've lost my track. Pirates as the mythology of the English, well, the Anglo, Ang- Anglo, the Anglo world. world, right? And 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 my other mm. thought was that these stories are obviously set in the early 18th century, based on their costumes, and they are therefore. I didn't get a chance to read this, so you guys don't get this. But um, the Daniel Defoe's general history of the pirates is generally considered the the sort of definitive. It's it's series of biographies of all of these famous pirates, including. Um, I think the ones that probably the the, the guy the scriptwriters for Pirates of the Caribbean must have read this or must know it, and mm. and they the they it points out in the introduction that there had been um, 
in the early 18th century, some of the pirates had actually captured um, some uh, treasure off India. So having the East India Company in the series was less stupid than I thought it was. <laughs> Uh, because indeed the pirates by the 18th century in the, there's about a decade where the the um the caribbean pirates are actually a, a considered a sufficient threat to be the kind of characters they are in the movies yeah so but now we're in mythology land right we're 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 just as elizabeth with her dragons and her fairy queen and her you know john d consulting with angels and the drakes and and all of that whatever we are in this maritime story that we're in right now, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies really showed us something inter interesting. Definitely. So um, I'm, I'm wondering in the sense then, what, what you've described is Elizabeth has her official pirate, Hawkins, and then you've got these unofficial pirates what makes one an, uh, an authorized pirate if there is such a thing versus an unauthorized pirate see in the way the way you, uh uh we've kind of described it in dcr is that the elizabethan fleet itself is a pirate fleet yes, yes. it is so this well, is they're technically piracy. privateers right they go plunder stuff and then Elizabeth claims they kind of rebranded themselves as privateers yes, instead Elizabeth of pirates. Claims. Whereas by by the early 18th century, the official fleet has developed, and there's there's layers there mm -hmm. of what the Dutch did in the 17th century. And I mean, the reason there is such a thing as New Amsterdam is that the Dutch are expanding their empire, their spice trade empire. Thus, um, I mean, what what's interesting in this this age of intoxication story is the portuguese mm -hmm. start it and then it, the british take it over so that the the british become the great drug dealers of modernity between tea and i mean in the 19th century the opium that they force on china mm. yeah so this is what they're doing when the private <laughs> privateers are going out all over the world so they're stealing gold they're ransacking Spanish towns. They're claiming new uh, ports, or they're constructing ports. Because the obviously, if you have a navy, you need somewhere to uh, dock your ships. And ports are the, are the place where the merchants get their goods onto a ship. So it's all about trading and and buying and selling. And so the majority of the goods that are being traded uh, by these fleets are drugs. Well, it, I mean, you think about what the official trade to the colonies becomes. It's the famous triangle trade of rum, sugar, and slaves. Yep. And and the slaves are used to make the sugar. Sugar is used to make the rum. <laughs> the rum, the, the rum, rum makes the rum slaves. is used to buy more slaves. To make, you know, it's so the the these great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite sobering, as it were, um, to realize indeed how much of modernity has been constructed on so dr jones has shown on usury but it's it's also mm. and i don't think that he's talked about this as much it's also on this this drug trade which is part of the slave trade so human trafficking mm. usury human trafficking and drugs straight up that this 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 you know unholy trinity 
seems to be standard. And we'll have to research it a bit so that we can do the African part of this story as, you know, the African slaves are not being captured by Europeans going into the interior. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I can confirm. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just posted an article that went on Gab that had a picture of a East African slave trader inside the article just to show everybody as a little bit of a uh, snapshot of that particular trade. Uh, but these were not Europeans going into the interior and pulling Bantus out of the greater Congo region to the coastlines and then out into the, the oceans. Right. It was a at least in that part of the world, very much a uh, an African enterprise. Yeah. So yes, because the Europeans are doing this on the ships, they don't they don't go into Africa until the nineteenth century. Yes, yes. Right. So nobody, none of you get out of this, right? You don't get to watch this and say we're the good guys. It it it. it I mean, yeah. it gets harder and harder. Indeed, I mean, it's like the layers and layers of story, and and this is. Um, you know, the, the, the thing that we're trying to show in Draco Alchemicus and why we need Christ is because this, yes. this is, you know, you get to the level of understanding what, a, you know, our sin is, what evil is, how the, that only Christ can enter into this enormous mess and, and draw mm -hmm. us out. So the, the, if you're wondering, this is, we, we're not, what we're not doing is trying to say, you know, this this the six the sixteen nineteen people we just did an end run around them for goodness sake. <laughs> yeah, we'll anyway, there. sixteen nineteen that's late. <laughs> um, that you you don't get to simply beat your chest and be proud of your ancestors as the good guys. That that, that we don't get that. The the more we study history, the more that level of sorrow becomes endemic well you know i look at it like this like even in the scriptures even amongst the hebrews joseph was sold into slavery by who his own I mean, brothers if we want to play ethnic blame right. game whoops yep. who ended up in egypt because of who i mean well he sold into slavery a... and then he he welcomes them and takes care of his brothers and then everybody stays there and they end up slaves of so... course <laughs> Right, <laughs> but you know, I mean, he didn't end up in that pit just because he tripped in. Right, it was his own people that you know, his own flesh and blood brothers that kicked him into it, and then gave him to um, Medeanite traders or whoever they were that that carried him down there into Egypt. So yeah, it's the it, it's very tempting, I think, for modern people, especially now in woke era, or whatever, mm -hmm. and you know, with critical race theory, to desperately try and find the boogeyman that's responsible for everything that's happened. Um, but it's kind of uh, impossible because then, if we really want to do that, we do a forensic investigation of our entire civilization. The more we look at it, the more it's. <laughs> there are no good guys right <laughs> there there and there are no bad guys there are uh very very complex well there kind of are bad guys it's called humanity well but, yes <laughs> yes um that there are there i mean no, there there i mean everyone's sinners they're, they're you know it's like it's yes. sinners and sinners and sinners and so we recognize the saints as the exceptions 
these these mm. extraordinary unusual people who are able to somehow come out of this muck that is our greed and ambition and I have questions because okay. I know some people will say oh you're only focusing on the African slavery uh in terms of the privateers and the men that worked on those fleets for Elizabeth were they necessarily all volunteering to do this or would there have been some <laughs> no <laughs> hard bargaining involved <laughs> I mean, it's all folk music right it's like all irish folk music is about being pressed the the the, the british navy isn't is run on slavery what does press grabbed mean? by so, the so, the recruiters and taken off to the ships okay yeah so the press the gangs, press gangs and 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 i okay. so i think you know with um drake drake and his his expeditions they may have th those i think they may have been able to hire people in and say you know come come be rich right it's always very very dangerous being in in the sea at this point um and certainly dangerous if you're a pirate because you're trying to steal from the spanish who are moderately good at sailing um they get better at it after after i, I don't i'm not I, I didn't read up to do the, the actual military stuff, but um, that when the British Navy is the, you know, the Royal Navy, Britannia rules the waves, particularly in the 18th century. I mean, that's one of the things that the Americans were upset about <laughs> was the, the, you know, wh whether or not they get pressed. Mm. Yeah. So people didn't, people didn't so tend to just volunteer to be on a ship. So there's even the slavery aspect involved in running the 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 mercantile maritime uh, machinery. Yeah. Now you've sailed off the edge That's... of my knowledge <laughs> in detail, and I default to Patrick O'Brien novels. Well, I had but, to, but I had to yeah, mention no, but it. The thing is, it's like that's like why you know getting over getting all the way to Australia obviously takes some doing. Hmm. <laughs> They did have. They occasionally had some problems. Do you remember Botany Bay in in Australia? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. What isn't problematic in Australia? Well, that's just the English <laughs> sending their problems somewhere else, right? So they can so yep. they can drink their tea, which they're pillaging from you know India and China, and pretend to be pretend to be genteel. You all remember we started this stream saying we like speaking English, at least I do, and I'm going to treat you to do it in iambic pentameter because, like Shakespeare, we're going to resist. But it's, it, you know, the 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 kind of simple version of we'll all be better off if we are English posterity. I am. I've proven to you mm. with my grandfather's genealogy that I am more American than anybody listening, probably, possibly. Sir John Hawkins, right? And this is the reality of who we are. So all of the men, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm trying to sort of paint the, paint the scene for everybody to imagine how you get these men that are Englishmen who get pressed onto boats or uh, hired for <laughs> pittance. Uh, into you know uh, assisting the privateers then they've had enough and decide <laughs> they're going to go out and do their own thing 
Maybe. Are these the guys <laughs> that end up sailing on the Black Pearl or with Captain Barbarossa and, you know, uh, raiding, the, raiding the British ships? You know, the magic's working because the picture I'm showing now is, is um, Jack Sparrow <gasps> looking at the gold. Yes. It, it happened. happened. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yes. And, and that's why I, so I do actually need to read more and, and, you know, we sort of got caught up in the yay of the things um, in the last week or so. And I've been mm -hmm. watching a lot of long videos to, to make sure I'm up to date on that. Um, yes. That the, the, the fascination that I think Defoe and company, Daniel Defoe is famous for Robinson Crusoe which some some people say is our first novel. It's it's a very interesting story. And it's the castaway who, you know, finds his own paradise, makes his own... Talk about... It's like, never mind Owen and his goats. He's got a whole family. Robinson Crusoe <laughs> goes off and... Well, he gets shipwrecked and... and, and cap, well, first captured by pirates, then made a slave. Then he escapes from Africa because there's people being taken for slavery in Africa at this point who are white. Hmm. Barbary pirates. We'll get there. Uh, that um, Crusoe in the story first has a plantation in Brazil, and then he wants to go and and you know trade some more, and they shipwreck, and it, it's a very long involved thing about how he ends up on the island by himself and, and sets up his own paradise. Mm. The same Defoe who wrote that, who's also interested in showing the way Robinson Crusoe learns to pray and be thankful, is probably the author of the pirate book it's there's some like question because apparently defoe wrote a lot under pseudonyms and so we're not positive but this this is a period say crusoe is a popular story because um robin robinson in the story he gets shipwrecked multiple times right and and the problem with his not being thankful is he you know he doesn't die he doesn't die he doesn't die and he has to learn how to pray that um I lost my thread. Not that it's just, it's dangerous going on these expeditions. Well, how how these men end up pirates? Oh, right. So it's 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 all this kind of adventuring, and you know you should make it rich and and so forth. But I think with the the actual pirates, I need to read his book to be more detailed. But I think I think they have they have multiple reasons for ending up as pirates. But in the in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. You know, the claim that Johnny make Johnny, that, that Jack makes about freedom mm. seems to become part of the mythology, right? It's definitely, and Crusoe is there, Robinson Crusoe is, that maybe that's where I was going. Robinson Crusoe is there with his, you know, origins of civilization, rebuilding civilization from what he finds off the ship. And I think the pirates for the people at the time are, are similar to what Robin Hood becomes in Ivan in in Walter Scott's Ivanhoe in the next century right this this image of outlaws who are actually upholding the law better mm. which is what they describe in that film as the code mhm mm mhm mm the pirate code right versus the the laws of the na naval fleets which are essentially oppressing everybody that has to live under them well, certainly in the early 18th century that the English, okay, again, probably, I always hate this because I start wanting to footnote everything. You guys see my life when we're wandering through these, these meandering wrapping of, with pigeons trying to figure out where we're going. 
that me is usually going, oh gosh, I need to look that up <laughs> and footnote it and be sh- be certain. But the English Navy is not a, a, a cuddly place. And, and shocker. shocker. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there is some mythology that these, these men in the, in the early 18th century, this decade, right? It's like the wild West. You get it like the wild west of the the cattle drives and stuff like that it's like 20 years and and the sort of golden age of piracy is about 10 years it's it's not a it's not a long period okay so it is like a gold rush yeah but it's a yeah. gold it's gold rush on the high seas yeah and they do in okay. this in this one decade have some control over those caribbean ports as in the movies right so but but the thing is the movies the, the, they're pirate stories ever since just like you know, the the Wild West lasts for maybe eight, you know eighteen sixty nine to eighteen eighty nine or something like that. I mean, maybe it's like you know eighteen sixty five to eighteen eighty five. It's a short period before the ranchers put up fences and you don't do those cattle drives anymore. Um, but then we have ever after that, you know, Hollywood making the mythology over and over and over again. There's the the, the mythology of the period lasts far longer than the the actual events. So what is it about the, the, the events in this time period of the pirate golden age that have uh, been such powerful foundations for this mythology? Well, you tell me, tell me what you see in the stories, in the movies. Hmm. Well, you know, I love talking about the vending machine, which is essentially what this Elizabethan era is. It's the, it's the, the, the transformation of England from England on the land to sea power and then England becoming England incorporated, which is the vending machine. So what I saw in the film was this odd relationship between all of the different people that had been pulled into this maritime empire and how they were kind of forming new uh, new hierarchies in the Caribbean and they, they, they'd formed their own sense of allegiance to each other even though they all come from somewhere completely different. Uh, this is kind of the ethnogenesis of the Caribbean, uh, Caribbean identity. Mm-hmm. So you've got all of these people that are on Jack's ship uh, and they're all from somewhere different, but they're all on the boat together because they share the same vision, which is <laughs> to be in defiance of the uh, the maritime empire that has brought them into that particular place for whatever reason it is. So when I was, yeah, when I'm seeing that those, those movies, it's kind of a, um, I don't know, it looked very anti-colonial like in that in that sense they're uh they're vending machine people that have uh decided that they're going to not be colonial subjects not work as port uh accountants and uh um being counters for the for the the Dutch East Indies Company or the British Navy or whatever it is, they've decided that they're going to uh, create their own 
their own identity there. So this is where it gets interesting because <laughs> all of those people down there in the Caribbean start to look very different to the uh, the people that are in charge of the of the the maritime machinery. All the pirates start to speak a little differently. They behave dif they behave very very differently. Like you know different uh, different social mores in that pirate code. They yeah, I'm just trying to think of a few examples there. One of the most striking one would probably be the uh, the free fraternization between all of the uh, the different uh, ethnicities that are there without any reference to the differences of their ethnicity. Well, they they have to speak English because they are this is the pigeon. Yeah, they can all speak, and I I think you've been you've been gesturing towards and maybe want to say more <laughs> about the slaves the the mixture of slaves. I mean we have we have yes. the I mean the actual just the impressed sailors of the navy the British navy, who are effectively slaves although technically you know, it's like they get paid or whatever but they don't and so um, there's the actual like the indentured servitude of the Irish which I think you've read more about than yes. I have. Um, and then the the um, the blacks who are in the Caribbean working on the the sugar plantations. That what all of this does is make me more curious about details that I don't know in in the the region. Mm. Right? It's like we had we had a job talk we had job talks a few years ago. I think right in twenty twenty um, on for a, a new uh, position we have in my department in the Atlantic slave trade in the Caribbean and, and things like that. And it's like, it's so just as I can do the, um, the details from Albion seed on the regions in the English settlement, the, the complexities yes. of, you know, where the slaves go, you know, the, the difference between Colombia and Brazil and the Caribbean. And it's, mm. it's all so much more, much, much more complicated. And of course, all the cartoon version of everything that we get in the political sphere of black and white blah right it's 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 way more complicated it's very boring very boring <laughs> very very boring and and the the mixtures of cultures and ethnicities that i mean i you know, it's like say american culture is fiddle and banjo one's african and one is scots irish the fiddle right it's a violin mm -hmm. but it's got so it's great that the, it's great that the best tune that comes out of these movies it's like you realize what you have to do to play the soundtrack for the pirates of the caribbean you need an orchestra <laughs> with fiddles no wait they're violins you know it's it's uh i i was thinking about that of us like what is an orchestra this sort of magnificent sounding together and to, mm -hmm. to the, the pirates of the caribbean soundtrack is this orchestral you know joy of these these this romping sea shanties folk music i i found too like something something else that i appreciated about the movies was the way that all of the women that were involved were uh they were actually very tough female characters they weren't very simple mm. And uh, it's kind of a refreshing thing because we've got this terrible Galadriel plague oh, now of all of these, you know, 
women without agency and they're completely <laughs> indomitable. They never have to make a tough decision and they can't lose. The girls in the Pirates franchises really had to, uh, they had to uh, learn to navigate the seas as much as the boys did. They had to learn to navigate all of these um, really complicated uh quandaries like do you support the dutch east indies company which is essentially a monopoly of slavery and uh of you know uh a a, a drug-induced corporate leviathan that's eating up the world <laughs> or are you going to uh you know put on some swashbuckling boots and like sail with the boys and and uh and resisted so it was kind of a cool moment it was like all right and there were a lot of different female characters in that film that were uh involved so yeah i i like that it seems to me uh to reflect reflect how odd things got on the boats too like the relationships between men and women and and just how people get a bit funny at sea and uh you know the the i read a book uh, a little while ago by a historian who is a communist <laughs> but he, he made some good points when he was talking about the pirates in the in the in the north americas that uh this kind of gender fluidity hit them because they were all out on the ocean mm. for so long they weren't uh in the normal land mode of dealing with uh dealing with men and women and, and whatever and so then you that's when you end up getting uh jack with eyeliner on and looking a little bit pretty even though he's a uh you know sword fighting pirate the girls of course they can throw off their corsets like elizabeth did in the first <laughs> film and start put on all of these clothes which allow them to sail sail with the with everyone so yeah well oh, come on that's kind no, of the coolest thing johnny that I depp noticed. explained that he thought the eye makeup was because it would be like um uh football players having black the black under their eyes so that it would be against the glare right ah. <laughs> that would actually be good for you know having to look out into the into the distance in the in the glare of the sun, the sun. well according to that historian that i was reading yeah. uh a lot of these pirate boys ended up basically trannies they used to dress in oh drag well yes that's ships. probably true <laughs> so that's what i was talking about maybe 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 johnny depp didn't know that much that's not much what john well that's not what johnny depp said on camera about why he was wearing the eye makeup but i so i realized you might know. there is okay so elizabeth is the main character of the the, the, the elizabeth arc, yes right elizabeth elizabeth whoo look what look yes. what they did there right so elizabeth is the main character of the arc and it's there is you know s nothing more romantic when they're in the middle of the battle and i forget which one it is and um they need to get married so they can have sex and i'm like wow right this is a <laughs> disney movie this is like yeah. we are never supposed to end up with wholesome stories in disney movies and you realize somehow somehow this is i i love this right the pirates of the caribbean actually subverted disney of disney's yeah. own whatever it is right that that in in the pirates of the caribbean movie that elizabeth and will have never had sex before and i think jack is like he's are you the captain now and he's like yeah and they're like yes marry us right 
so that they can have the battle at the end. And then they have one night together, and then uh, Will has to go off to be on the the Dutchman, and she gets pregnant. Right? It's like what? That you you've just done this incredibly wholesome scene where they they're married by the captain so that they can go have sex. They have not had sex before. They have a they they get she gets pregnant. They have a child, and I you know it's like I'm, I'm now too drunk because I drank that wine too fast. Good. Um, <laughs> that uh, she raises her son to love his father, mm. and he can't. Yes. They she only gets to see Will once every ten years or something, right? And at the end of in the in you have to always watch back through all the credits, right? At the end of whichever one it is. They go to the 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 uh, cliff, and the the ship comes in with the sunset, and she gets to see him again. And her son's with him, and she's trained. She's taught her son to love his father, whom he's never met. Mm. Up. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, it's like she spent three films trying to keep her virtue yes. intact. Because, of course, Jack Sparrow is running around constantly trying to have a crack, as is everyone else. Not like half of Asia by the time she takes over <laughs> that uh, Singaporean pirate ship. You know, it's like everybody wants her and she just fends them all off. And it's very beautiful. And then it's, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, it's so wholesome. It's amazing that they managed to get that through. It's astonishing. It really it's, it's, is. And this is why yeah. I was so happy that I, you know, I realized one that Johnny Depp has done virtuous movies over and over and over again. I mean, the mm. we're gonna have to do a whole episode on on um, Alice in Wonderland. Depp films. Uh, Depp films. We could do definitely Depp films. Yeah. But Alice in Wonderland yeah. and his Depp films and and Lewis Carroll because I've been given a book that I'm supposed to review on Lewis Carroll and his Christianity. So that's interesting. Um, mm. But that. Somebody, somebody, Orlando transitioned while on a ship. Mike, what are you talking about? Um, they got bored of not seeing women dressed up and dressed up for one another. Mike, you need to, Mike 1000, you need to do some, like, you know, footnoting for us. Um, who, the, 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 I actually looked up the script writers for Pirates, and they're, they're some wholesome, like, Ohio guys, as far as I remember. Um, that they snuck this in, right? That they got that the, the plots in these stories are literally the most wholesome stories you can possibly have. That that mm -hmm. um, uh, Will goes in search of his father. Yes, he, it's all about reconciling with their fathers over and over and over again. It's like the the great the great joke of mm. having Keith Richards as as you know Jack Sparrow's dad. So they wear the same eye makeup, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Keith Richards wasn't even in costume. No, it's like, it's, like, no, no, it's like the <laughs> eye makeup. Is, it's like, but but that over and over again, it's like Will needs to rescue his father, and then Elizabeth mm. raises her son, who in five. Sorry, it's all spoiler alerts in this. Rescues his father, right? It's it's nothing but yes. subverting Disney with its you know, constant desire to get rid of the dad that every single one mm. of these movies, even, even the fourth one, which is a little odd and, and, and sort of out of sequence in our, we're going to get to all the, the MacGuffins that they're dealing with. Um, that it's the daughter trying to take uh, the Ian McKellen's character's daughter. Oh yes. Penelope Cruz. Right. Yeah. Trying yeah. to yeah. Blackbeard 
um, character. Yes, right. Blackbeard's uh, long lost right. daughter. The, again, the daughter is trying to take care of her father. So they've literally they've done nothing but write scripts about rescuing your father. Mm. It's very interesting. It will set in a world where there's there was a like destruction of family lineages, because that's essentially what all of that um, sugar spice and everything nice uh, maritime machinery did. It took men, it took the men off the land and put them in the boats, yep. in both the capacity of uh, privateer sailors and uh, and the slaves that were on the boats being transported around. So it's like the entire. Uh, Elizabethan pirate kingdom is the destruction of patriarchy. It's the removal of men from hearth and home. Well, look at what Elizabeth is. The Virgin Queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, I... I Where, did I, she of course... Where did she steal that moniker from? Ooh, well. Um, that there's, a, you know, I've seen online speculation about whether she's a man or not. Um, I mean, the, the, uh, service, it, I, it's interesting that we're, we're now, it's like, we, we've, we've had the funeral. We can talk about Elizabeth II. It is a problem. I think that England's been under yes. a queen for so long. I mean, between Elizabeth I and her pirates, Elizabeth, uh, Victoria and her empire, and then Elizabeth II and her longest reign and I, I, you know, I remember doing a blog post back when people were shrieking about whether or not, you know, we were ready for a woman leader with Hillary Clinton. And I'm like, what, are you kidding me? <laughs> the English have had women leaders for centuries. Um, and they started the slave and they trade. they started the slave trade by <laughs> way of it. Good job. <laughs> but the, the, you know, this sort of, they've got the pharmacaea on now. Um, Ah, you know, it's like by which one? It's the woman with her globe and her cup, and all nations were deceived by your pharmacia, by your sorcery. I so, you know, I've 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 done a whole transformation of what I think about those Renaissance fairs, right? But first, I thought they were silly because they weren't Mm. like Puritan enough, and now I realize they're completely accurate because they're all about magic and tarot cards, Mm -hmm. which are just card games. Um, but the you know the the feeling of the Renaissance and its pharmacia and the sorcery is correct. We have we have mm. been deceived. And now I've got now I've got the Booster Patrol song of uh, the the you've been deceived by a deceiver what? song. I wish I could sing. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> About that particular pharmacology that we're not allowed to discuss. Right. Right, but but the thing is that we that we that we were hypnotized by it so easily for the last hundred mm. years. <laughs> Again, it, we've we've been in this Dracomachimicus for centuries. It's 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 not, the tobacco, mm. right? Okay, so I think I think that's a parenthesis that we hadn't closed yet. Drake is obviously famous for bringing the tobacco back from um, the the North America. And that crack mm. monkey that we started with is smoking tobacco. Now I want a cigarette. Um, I love crack monkey. <laughs> He's my spirit, spirit animal. It, isn't it interesting? On edge. So, away. Have, we have, since I don't have the picture, here we have crack monkey in the book. 
right? And yeah. um, and a teacup. We're gonna get to that. I promise. There's a teacup. He's even got my hat. He Look. does. He's like the the yes. There's a crack monkey and, and the owl. Right, the owl of the magic and the mis and the and the mystical. Mm -hmm. um, we've been abusing these 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 drugs for for ages, um, in in the sense of not tying them, I suppose, to the appropriate spiritual power that they have. Mm. Not tying them to the liturgy, obviously. Well, they. I remember we were reading about this particular thing, uh, the 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 transportation problem. Why these empires decided to uh, trade certain pharmaceuticals over others, or not even pharmaceuticals, but spices, uh, you know, pre-refined uh, plants and and other resins and things. So what they're aiming for at least what they were aiming for in that uh elizabethan post-elizabethan maritime period was that it, they needed to get things which were easy to monopolize uh and things which could be divorced from a ritualistic uh aspect or at least that that you know there's i'm thinking about this guy who actually uh decided to start talking to me about Amanita Moscara mushrooms in Germany for some random reason yesterday. <laughs> whole, I bring the whole very world strange... comes together and feeds the ark. Yes, carry on. It carry really on. does. I just walk into a room <laughs> and suddenly someone's talking to me about German trips. And like, yes, of course. <laughs> Why not? But this can't this is this is not a mushroom that can be monopolized. You can't you know, you can't control fungi production. You can't control the this particular substance. Uh, things like uh, tobacco, on the other hand, you can, or cacao, or coffee, or uh, you know, other things that were were mass produced. Well, but the thing is, I think so. This is I I had planned to go here, but the we've got the pharmacaea goddess up right so we'll we'll talk about her um okay that it's actually difficult to to mass produce most of these things and most of them are denatured by the time they are mass produced um i have so we're getting terrible stuff yes right so i actually i got i no, i got to go for, for a variety of reasons many of the delightful one of them to be avoiding taking the vaccine and therefore having to test on campus therefore getting by way of a benefactor who showed up walking past me while I was doing my prayers, a ticket to the St. John Cantius Canons benefit dinner. It all, mm -hmm. it all connects. You guys know this by now. It all connects. And, and at the dinner I got to sit with, this was a few weeks ago. Um, uh, uh, Father Joshua, who, if you all watch the video that I just reposted today from, um, Jonathan Pajot introduces Jonathan, Father Joshua is great. Um, I got to sit with Father Joshua and a Knight of St. Gregory and the Bishop of Springfield and the founder, one founders of the Acton Institute and the Alderman where St. John Cantius is and his wife and a fellow author who's written a book on saints um, and a cigar roller. 
Fantastic. Like for real, a cigar roll. <laughs> he does Cuban cigars. Like, you know, it's like luxury. This is a luxury dinner because it's a fundraising for the, for yes. the cannons. And I'm there on a gift. Right. And, and, um, uh, most, uh, Monsieur, not Monsieur, Senor Ortiz, right? Lovely young man is telling, you know, he does cigar rolling. So I, the thing is, I think it sounds like a character out of Cluedo. It's, he's real. All of these people are real. I end up, you know, te teasing the guy whose brother was an actor in The Sopranos, for goodness sake. Um, Fantastic. Uh, about, you know, stuff. But um, that I, you know, I think with our pharmacia, we don't, I, I would say this is going to flip over. We don't respect them. We don't respect the, yes. the, the substances. We don't respect the drugs. We, we, we vending machine them into these uh debilitating highs right mm -hmm. instead of understanding their power and and i and i i zoomed through to get to the pirates maybe i you know the the the, the pictures of the the gifts of the magi maybe i'll go back to those now oh beautiful i have to do this by slideshow well, so we go like here we are here so here we are with the gifts of the magi which is myrrh frankincense and gold there are Gold is an aphrodisiac, uh, an aphrodisiac, uh, a pharmacaea of one sort, right? But frankincense and myrrh, we've, I think we've talked about the, no, I don't remember, because I've been reading a lot about the temple and, and such. The incense mm -hmm. in the temple is a narcotic of some sort, right? It's, 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 yes. it's, it's, it's psychotropic. Maybe psychotropic is better. And myrrh is, of course, what was offered to Christ on the cross, wine mixed with myrrh mm. because it was a painkiller which he, which he refused mm. so um you know the these are the original drugs these are the 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 precious substances that and drugs in the this this is good in the age of intoxication book the the monkey the crack monkey book um that drugs are in fact originally called they're basically dry goods Right, there are these things that can travel on the camel caravans oh, across yes. Eurasia along the Silk Roads. Um, so they're they're um, precious enough to merit that level of transportation. Mm. And of course, the, the the reason for the maritime trade in the the 16th century of the Europeans is because they want to capture that drug trade. They want to capture that spice those spice routes across the continent. And they're doing it by going around the round Africa and then around the world. So the so so that's the it's the same trade. It's just on the water as opposed to the land, right? I mean, the drug trade flips from land to sea. <laughs> it's not just pirates that do the drug trade. They do it by camels too, and they do it across the, the Sahara. The desert. They do it across the Sahara. I mean, they do drugs, you know, gold, ivory, and slaves across the Sahara. Um, yes. Monsieur West mentioned Mont Monsa Musa. I think you know that we need to do Molly. Next. Oh yes, he did. <laughs> My ears pricked up. As I'm glad we we are paying attention to the right things. Yes. Well, that well the the, the okay. We'll the, go back the, to the, the pirates ships. now. We carry on. We got therefore yes. the gifts that the Magi bring are quite significant. Okay, so we've got we've got the women. We've got here we get back to the women. 
I'm showing I'm showing Jack Sparrow with his women. Who are not the oh, wholesome beautiful. ones. The wenches. No, the <laughs> the terrible wenches <laughs> that were definitely prostitutes. <laughs> um let's see what we have next. Oh, we have pharmacia. We were there. Well, that's that's the other that's the oh, other. Oh now we have tea. Human see, traffic. I put it? these things together in the slides for a reason. Now we have tea. Because of course. Oh, we're on tea? No, we're on tea. Which is what um Tom Holland as this character, he's magnificent. Do you know do you know his other roles from um the guy who plays the the baddie of the East India Company? So one of his other great roles Yes, he uh the short one. The short one. Is Rev. Yes, yes, yes. He's a reverend. He's he's this Anglican priest in inner city London. Um <laughs> with this shrinking congregation and it he, it's brilliant. He's 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 excellent. Yeah, so see him as the baddie in this in the in the in the Disney in the glamour glamouranza is pretty funny. So he he's drinking his tea and then he's gonna you know go through the destruction of his fleet because the pirates are beating the corporation. Hurrah. Mm. Well, tea is a part of the story, isn't it? As another spice. I'm thinking of the next, the the next major theme here of of tea and having a tea party. <laughs> Which we and what we, that meant we for write your poetry. Country. Dragon Common Room. We write we write our poems at at tea time. Yes. Yes, we do. I mean, I I initially thought of it just as, and this this does actually layer into it. A common room is what the Oxford, the Oxbridge colleges have, right? My college, Gonville and Keys, where I spent you know the first two years of my graduate training, we had a common room, and so when I set up the chat, it was the Dragon Common Room because it's the place where we go to you know have cultured conversation. Um, and now that <laughs> now that we in our private dragon chat, which you guys don't get to join, um, that we you know have tea time to write our stanzas, but it is it's 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 you know we're inviting the muse. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna just keep saying yay, and we'll see. We'll hope hope that YouTube doesn't notice. Um, when he's when he had that line, I think I don't remember which of the interviews he was doing. It was like he he wants to give girls a lot of money, and so will you? Will, would it amuse you to amuse me or something like that? And, mm -hmm. and he's saying, you know, it's like, Oh, look, you know, I just that he's talking about giving houses and stuff to the women that he's interested in and asking them to be his muse. And I'm like, Ooh, we have to find out some way to get him to talk to us. That would be great. Right. <laughs> I, I have dreams. Um, but that he's, he's working. That would be cool. He's working at this, this resonance level of, mm how all of these stories keep coming together and layering and um the word you know if it, it amuse you to amuse me would it, it, i can't remember how he said it but to be the muse for the poetry so yes it's all happening mm. your boy needs to come to chicago and talk to your professor <laughs> <laughs> Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Indeed. Um, well, I'm thinking too, it's like he wants women as muses, but that's kind of making women into drugs. Possibly, yeah. Because uh, that's the other thing, is that people people have used these spices as muses, as sources of in inspiration for creative works. 
well, straight up, whatever the confessions of the opium eater, which I have not read, I, I realize I need to read that. Mm. But but so our our you know the 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 primary um, Coleridge image, yeah, yes. okay, in Xanadu to Kublai Khan, a stately pleasure dome decree where Alf the sacred river ran yes. down to the sunless sea, and then I can't do it anymore. But you know it's, it's famous. <laughs> but but what's interesting about that is Coleridge was supposed to be, have been reading when he fell asleep in his opium-induced dream, purchase his pilgrimages. And purchase his pilgrimages is one of these, 17th century, I think, um, accounts of these travels, right? So we, the, the pirates are part of the English drug dream of mm. the Orient and Africa. And that, you know, it's very appropriate that we're speaking English to talk about all this because English enfolds all of these, all of these narcotics, all of these dreams, all of these desires into the fairy world, into fairy. English is under the influence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that kind of explains then why I, uh, why I said to you I didn't like it. It's powerful. Look at what it's done. Well, Look at what it's done. It's conquered the world. Most people speak English. Mm. Even the Portuguese speak English. <laughs> and we drink port, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, though, like, it's under the influence, but... Uh, it's a difficult language to influence now. Mm. That's kind of the other reason I don't like it. Hey, I'm I'm so high on English. We're dealing I'm so with... high on English. I'm not going to say it because I'm getting too excited and I'm going to rap world. And, you know, female dog you, um, you're not taking my drug. <laughs> you see it screeching? She doesn't want me to take away a crack. <laughs> That's that that's my drug. Don't my ability, my my baby. language, my joy, my ver my words. Yeah, prime prime addiction. I'm gonna do it. Prime addiction. <laughs> my iambic pentameter. No, like this female dog woman was <laughs> I know I can't because then it'll get clipped and it'll be out there forever. Oh yeah, yeah true. I'll just drink some more. Look, here's here. I have a thought. This is why I don't like it. Let's take it back to pirates for a second. If it's you and the crew on a boat, Black Pearl or the other ones, whatever, right? You and the other pirates, you get to decide however you can, however you want. You shape that language. the The boat has its own dialect, but the VOC, Dutch East Indies Company. They've got their own dialect. So I think for me, it's like, I can hear this insane global tension over what kind of dialect of English we're allowed to speak. Is it actual pirate or is it like VOC corporate English? Best start believing in biblical prophecies. Because <laughs> yeah, you're in you're one. In one. <laughs> <laughs> I hate corporate English. I hate well, it. Well, 
and it's it's ruining everyone's ability to communicate and people sound dumb and boring because they can't switch it off so what do you mean like by I had friends uh, because i think the, the it's like sanitized yes and that's what you know told told Sani- sterile, this is why amazon's this is delightful i've gotten more like wine version than you're usually getting i would i would be free pouring i, right I, I ran it like my bottle is empty and my dog is over that. there right so i can't deal with it um <laughs> that this is what amazon has done to tolkien right they vending machined him oh yeah yeah they, they bleached, bleached him. him yeah the sterilized tolkien and you can feel it too because you know i'm not hate watching I'm like investigative watching, mm. <laughs> but I have, I saw the whole thing. <gasps> you awful. didn't. Oh I my did. god! I watched the oh whole thing. I had to drink my way through <laughs> it, so it was really bad. Um, imagine days of our lives oh in like uh, Tolkien love costumes with a billion dollar budget. <laughs> You don't need any other review on Lord of uh, the, the Rings of Power. That's it. That's the only review you need. It's so shite. They bleached it. And it's because I think, like, yeah, you're right. They they can't speak freely because everybody's worried about being inclusive. It's like people in pirate boats don't care about being inclusive. You're either going to do your job properly or you get thrown overboard. And then it's like, oh, okay, now we can actually talk to each other. This is the other thing I like about DCR. It's very piratey, but we're fighting all the time, mm. exactly like they would have been on pirate and boats. Every so often, someone walks the plank. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> Casually stabbing each other whenever we feel grumpy, or you know. Uh, but it's not a it's not a bleached language. So there's this, you know, there's this sense where the the corporation needs to be inclusive because the corporation doesn't want to deal with the rum and the mm. spice and the human trafficking mm. and like. Well, but the corporation you know, is the one that's doing all of that. Yeah, but you know they need to they need to make it look friendly. <laughs> they got it. They've they've so they're they're kind of adopting this. Uh, very odd version of English, which is that it's sort of, uh, you know, you've got to take everything offensive out of everybody in that environment in order to function in that environment. Whereas like for me, the most amazing parts of at least the Australian English dialect was, it was very offensive. (laughs) It, It was, uh, people which are convict stock, that talk to each other like convicts. Okay, I think we've gone two different directions, and I'm and I'm thinking about the um, biblical prophecies. You're in one now. <laughs> okay, take us back and there. I, no, and the thing is, it's Barbarossa in the in that image, and, and oh yeah, it is the okay. We did it, and we got there, and we didn't even we didn't mean to get there, but we're going to. The most offensive thing that people uh-huh. are saying right now is we're in one. Oh. <laughs> Matey. Right. That the the problem that we're having is, and, mm. and this is, it's like I've been reading a lot for a, a talk I'm giving in Portugal um, on the temple imagery. You defector. 
You defected from the Anglophone. I world. know it's great. They want Catholics want to talk to me, and they're going to take me to Fatima. I hope. Um, that oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to get to go to Fatima. I can't believe it. That's going to be amazing. Uh, that the the Anglo Saxons, the ones who have not had a voice since the Normans wiped them out, and they did. The thing is, the Normans when they came in in 1066 wiped out the Anglo Saxon aristocracy, right? Nor William the Conqueror killed them all. Um, so there are very, very few of the nobility of the English left. All the um, nobility since then have been Norman. And the, the um, in Walter Scott's Ivanhoe, he, with the Robin Hood and everything, he has a famous conversation between Wamba the swineherd and Gert, no, Wamba the fool and Gert the swineherd. And they're doing the joke about like, when the animal's alive, it's it's an English name. And when it's food, it's Norman. So pagan pork. <laughs> or cow and beef um and, okay and, you know the, the 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 plot of ivanhoe is the tension between the saxons who have been conquered by the normans and the normans and ivanhoe is like able okay. to blend the two um but then the jews don't fit because rebecca of york doesn't feel like she I mean, even though she's like the only one who never puts on a disguise or anything and okay it's complicated but the and this is the early 19th century that England is trying to figure out who it is. And the whole sort of fantasy of English customs is they've been overlaid million, you know, millions of times. They've been overlaid for a century, century, a millennium mm. by other people's stories. The Anglo-Saxons were very, very interested in, in the fulfillment of the temple. Um, Bede, Bede, in his commentaries has a commentary on the tabernacle and a commentary on the temple and the oldest full bible this is what i'm working on to to talk about in portugal the oldest full copy of the jerome's vulgate translation that we have is a codex amiatinus it's in florence now but it was copied in wermouth jarrow in northumbria in bede's lifetime and has a very interesting series of opening images one of which includes the tabernacle the 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 um the place that the israelites worshiped in the desert the mosaic, the tabernacle. mosaic tabernacle and in this magnificent degree i mean when when william blake in the in 19th century is like you know and did those feet in ancient times walk them on england's pastures green or whatever it is um He's, he's, he's wondering mm. about the, whether or not, um, you know, did Jesus come to, to the, to, to England, but there's also the Holy Grail legend that's associated with, uh, Joseph Ar of Arimathea and such that the English sent the act, you know, the actual English, right? The Anglo-Saxon English since the, their conversion in five, in 597, when Augustine is sent by Gregory the Great to Kent have been imagining themselves as the Israelites. Because they're, Very. because they're in the biblical prophecy. Best start believing in biblical prophecies. You're in one. <laughs> it's beautiful. Because that is, that is the church as the new Israel. Yes yeah so that so what from what you're saying then the anglo-saxons had that uh 
imagery very clear in their uh, in their reading of the of the scriptures. Absolutely, and in their art and mm. in their imagery, and uh, you and I in our social media have been showing things like the the images of the Maya Stas that are both in England and Egypt. <laughs> um, yes, that this you know the Coptic understanding of the ark and i think um oh so here we have the code is more like what you call guidelines than actual rules which i think we've, we've touched on right it's like that they're creating this ship society and that jack in the you yes. know and saying what the ship is it's freedom that they are there is actually and i think we're, we're we need to get to the prophecy part but we'll get, go through the rules for a second um that there is a way in which these pirate codes or these bills of rights that we think of as quintessentially conservative American are actually pirate agreements. Um, the, mm. and, and I think there are, there is discussion out there that, that shows that this, this kind of brotherhood of, of equity that these pirates develop becomes a part of the American mythology and its political sphere. But I want to talk about the Ark instead. <laughs> yes. So now we have the, so think about what they're going after in these movies, right? It's like we, we've talked about family and, and rescuing your father and, you know, marriage and, you know, the, the relations between women and men. But at the, at the core of the stories is, well, there's the treasure chest full of Aztec gold. There's a fountain of youth. Um, I forget what's it, what's in the the Penelope Cruz one, and the, and the last one. There's no that was the Fountain okay, of Youth. That was the Fountain of Youth, the, and then the second and third that was Davy Jones's heart, right? Yes, the heart beating hard in the and, chest. And then yeah. the last one is a map with the the constellations, which I think I didn't get any screenshots of. So we're not doing we're doing the arc. <laughs> I mean the 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 chest full of gold that you find in the in the midst of this sacred grotto cavern hidden space oh sounds a lot like another chest <laughs> i mean who knew that I, we were watching raiders of the lost ark the whole time <laughs> wait are the nazis good pirates or bad pirates we're, we're not there yet <laughs> bloody nazis uh... <laughs> <laughs> but cer but certainly well, the power is... of this image of a gold chest in a place that oh guess what grants life by way of its curse well, I the, mean, it's, elizabethan it's, it's, it's world elizabethan world eliminated this because it it, it was like a catholic purge mm -hmm. then england and britain becomes this protestant hellscape and suddenly there's no tabernacle. So they're, they're not seeing the mosaic tabernacle and they're not seeing the Ark of the Tabernacle. Right. But the pirates see it. Well, it's interesting that in gets, this particular gets, telling. In, in this telling. So it's the Aztec gold, which we started with, that Drake and Hawkins mm -hmm. really were going after. The Spanish, this, what the Spanish are taking from the from Mexico and Peru. That's Inca and Aztec. But. Um, and that, but in 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 the 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 myth of the pirates of the Caribbean, they need to return all the gold in order to get out of the curse, right? This cursed box full of gold. Mm. Yes. 
makes you immortal, but you don't enjoy anything. <laughs> I think you said what something once to me about how what it's interest the curse, how interesting that curse is. Mm. I don't remember what mm. I said. You don't feel anything. You can't enjoy anything. Oh yeah, like a a kind of half life. Yeah. You're undead. A bit like the English. <laughs> we call them whinging poms here for a reason. Sorry. It sucks. I'm sorry. Engl the English they like they rip their heart out. The beating heart of England in the chest. <laughs> Wait, I've got that Bang. that one too. Oh no, that's Close the it. that's the fountain of youth. Davy Jones rolling around with this thumping Catholic heart of Britain that has just been ripped out of its chest. No one's having a good time. There's no gold arc. It's just uh <laughs> Well, it's it's a kind of faux reliquary, mm -hmm. and and it, I mean it is. So what Davy Jones take now? I'm showing the ark, uh, the chest, and they're 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 looking at it. Um, that he takes it out because he's giving it to his love, who is is supposed to keep it for him. I mean, it's it's an interesting like literal image. <laughs> what you do when you fall in love with someone and give them your heart. Um, but it's but it's yeah. but it's also a pair and it's a parody. I the thing is I don't I'm I'm now in love with these movies and I they can do no wrong and therefore I'm going to find a good reason for it. But um, that it is what a reliquary was supposed to be, which was, you know, the the love for Christ, the love for God of the saints, mm -hmm. reverenced through relics of their bodies. And in the in the yes. in the movie now, this relic is, I mean, the heart is like thumping and still, and so it's like still alive, but it's but it's not, but that they are seeking. I mean, I I it it's I don't think the authors of these scripts are Catholic. I I, I didn't get that sense reading their Wikipedia biography, so I'm not clear. But mm. they they seem to the imagery is haunting they keep, them. So like, go back to the Fountain of Youth, right? That this it's meant to be fountain of youth, and the Spanish, as the meme is going around, come in and, and destroy it and say, you know, this is evil and diabolical. But it's like it's because it's the wrong fountain. That yeah. the other thing I'm finding in all of this early medieval mytho um, imagery is they're very focused on the baptism, right? The, the fountain of youth, mm. the fountain of, of of life, is the baptismal font, where either you are dying, resurrected, as Paul says, or you are reborn, as Nicodemus would say, but one way or another, this this fountain yes. of life, this fountain of, of immortality, it's real. <laughs> and the Spanish maybe yes. know that this one isn't the one in Florida, right? But the 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 story knows it's like the story knows the truth and keeps wanting to show us. Yeah. We keep finding these plots where we find the treasure chest full of gold, the fountain full of life. The ark full mm -hmm. of full of love. Yeah, it's haunting the English speaking world. Yes. The uh, the Anglophone peoples are haunted.
And all of the stories, the stories they tell need, they're compelling insofar as they have these ghosts, ghost ship. Mm. <laughs> I mean, this is, we are the mosaic ark, you know, the ghost ship of the church <laughs> that the black pearl is right. And it's like, yeah. what, what would you give for the kingdom of heaven? The pearl, the pearl is this image of the longing for heaven. Yeah. And it's a haunted ship. Well, it's been hijacked. Mm. Hijacked and haunted. Mm. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a magnificent thing because the Anglophone world would not even have... I mean, from, a, from the perspective of an Antipodean, first off, you don't know the difference between a Jute and an Anglo-Saxon and a Norman and the Danish and the Celts. And, you know, not, <laughs> no concept not whatsoever. White? Come on. Ooh, shocking. shocking let alone understand that the anglo-saxons had a, a an iconic understanding of the the church as the as the uh as new israel worshiping at the ark of the covenant i mean that's just mind-blowing and that's not white that's israelite yes you're in one yeah <laughs> yeah start believing it very cool. <laughs> so our entire our entire the Anglophone history, uh, it is it's like a, it is a pirate story. Mm. Finding the ark, finding the chest. returning to this understanding of what actually made the English world. And I think everybody's trying to do that. You know, the, the woke mob, they're angry. They, they play on a existing haunting. People feel that there isn't something quite right. With yes, it. I think you're right. So, uh, so Mike, Mike 1000 is... gets, isn't a cursed eternal life fountain an inversion of the Holy Grail? Yes, it's all, these are all inversions. And, and, and mm. this is, that's like the, it's like the Disney version. I mean, it's interesting that the Pirates of the Caribbean, in fact, inverted Disney in certain ways. But the, the, the inversions of the longing and the desire for the Ark, for the, for the font, mm. for the, for the relic. And that the woke, the woke, I mean, we've talked about this before, that the woke understand this. They want to be in the rainbow somehow. They, they want, they want yes. the, the, the covenant. They want to be, belong to life again. And instead they keep getting in, these inverted, not even pi And so it's like, we're going back to the good guys and the bad guys. The, what, what's, what's lovely about the Pirates of the Caribbean movies is which are the good guys and the bad guys and so there's always that line of maybe it's mm. better to be a pirate it's like well what does that mean yeah well they're all on a different ship they're on the ark the pirates are on the ark isn't it mm. Like Noah had an ark. That was his pirate ship. <laughs> I like that. Noah's ark is the pirate ship. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of the origin of the whole human race. 
Noah's little pirate ship and all of these different uh, nations that came out of it, all the living creatures that came out of it, we have this real desire to be on the boat that saves us. Mm. Yeah. As opposed to the ones that are transplanting us all over the place and putting us on plantations and <laughs> in uh, convict colonies and all, you know, all sorts of things. It's like, it's like, it's the same stuff. It's just an upgraded version over and over and over and over again. Right. Mm. But like, yeah, the, the, the culture now, it wants the black pearl. Which is, of course, as you would read it, and I would read it, is the, the, the Song of Solomon. Shunammite, I am black but beautiful. Right. Like this, this, this kind of deeper understanding of the, the Christian mythology behind our civilization and, you know, like what the Ark, who the Ark is. First off, because it's a she. <laughs> it's a person. Which I'm assuming the Anglo-Saxons knew. Yes. And and they, I mean, yeah. and, and the thing is that they have much of this, much of this story, much of this understanding, because they have very close ties to the East. I mean, they're there mm. in Northumbria being raided by Danes later. Um, but in Bede's time, they have teachers of Greek. And, and they seem to know, this is, I did not know this, flat earth people prick ears up. Um, they seem to know um, Cosmos Indicaplusti's famous account of the, the cos Cosmographia. And I wrote, I wrote about this in my blog a few years ago in the flat earth problem that Cosmos describes, in fact, creation as the ark or the tabernacle with the ark. And, and that ends up with this flat earth with the dome and the, the like trunk shaped, right? It looks like the treasure chest. And it seems Bede goes with a spherical uh, cosmography and, and describes that in detail, but that they are so focused on the tabernacle and the ark and the temple. And they also have the Marian feasts. They, they have them earlier than some regions in, on the continent. And so much so that when the Normans show up, the Nor it's like the the the, the uh, English have been losing their their devotion to Mary progressively. When the Normans show up, the English are celebrating the feast of her conception of Mary's conception, and mm -hmm. uh, the Norman bishops throw this out because they say it's not part of the the Franco calendar. But the English had it from the Greeks. So they had an eastern orientation. They had they had a they had an arc Jerusalem yeah. orientation. And so I mean it's so it's so it's mm. sort of it's sort of sad and interesting that now, for example, we got to Churchill. Okay. So in the twentieth century, the English become so interested in, in Palestine and really focusing on that. They mm. do have a long tradition of focusing on the Holy Land. And identifying themselves with the Holy Land and identifying themselves as one people with the Israelites, which they continue to yes. do. <laughs> so, I mean, th yeah, that Barbarossa would better 
better watch out, you know, matey, or who, how does he say that? It's, it's when he's saying, you know, I don't believe in fairy tales. And he says, well, you're in one. I don't believe in ghost stories. uh, I don't believe in ghost stories. You're in one. You're in one. You're in the Holy ghost story. You're always in this story. Yeah. Well, this is the other thing too. It's like, uh, you know, you've got Anglo-Saxons identifying themselves as Israelitish, because I'll, I'll say Israelitish, mm-hmm. because of course it's the the, the understanding is of, of the church as Israel, right. which isn't unique to Anglo-Saxons. It was the Coptic view of things as well. Um, and so this is the other thing is like uh, this pirate kingdom that we're living in now, where everybody wants to be on the boat that saves them, Everybody on the Black Pearl, it's not where you were from before you were on the Pearl. It's like, it's Jack's crew. Right. It's like, you're on the Pearl. Right. Where, you know, who are you? Oh, we're crew. We're the, we're the crew of the Pearl. Oh, cool. And that becomes the entire identity of those people because they're, you know, <laughs> throughout all of those movies, just kind of cheating death, constantly trying to do something <laughs> Uh, either kill Jack Sparrow or save him at the same time. And sometimes, you know, uh, they can't decide which one. Um, That's part of the mythology. It's like, uh, all right, well, you're pirates now. You're a crew of this particular ship. Uh, This is your identity. I think that that's where I'm seeing it now. This this part of the story, the collapse of the Anglophone... uh, maritime vending machine the sea power uh this part of the sea power history it's that everyone's got to figure out what kind of boat you're on uh and whether or not you want to be on the ark or you want to be on the the english navy or the dutch the dutch ships or whatever it is it's like starting to think of uh starting to think of ourselves as maritime people instead of uh, maybe getting caught up in more narrow definitions that don't really fit what's happening with the globalism situation. Well, I mean, so what we've been exploring is, I mean, with the vending machine people, with my Route 66, with all this, the, 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 the global problem is, yes. is millennial. It, it's, it's not yep. new. I mean, this 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 claim that you know we're in this new world of the global no we're not <laughs> it's it it is human history to be in these mm. these tensions um, but the way you're talking about the black pearl and the desire to be in that ship and to be in that I mean it is it is a kind of church for them that's it's it's so it's interesting to the black pearl the other the Jack Sparrow again I don't know what the scriptwriters are doing here so we just riff off of it in bead one of the most famous stories uh, that he tells is about the conversion of Northumbria and the decisions that they make about why to convert. And one of them is about the way the sparrow <laughs> flies through the hall. And and it, again, Bede has put it, he, he's hundreds of years, a couple hundred years after his ancestors have converted to Christianity. And he's trying to you know describe what it was like when they were making the decision. And one of them is, Edwin of Northumbria's counselors are getting together and he says, what, you know, should we convert? And, and one of them says, well, it seems to me that our life is like that in the mead hall. And, and, you know, like we, as the soul is like a sparrow 
that flies in through one window has a period a brief period of light and heat and and you know come out camaraderie and then flies back out and we don't know where it came from and we don't know where it's going and this new faith christianity seems to to offer more certain knowledge and they all go yay mm. <laughs> but 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 we'll go with that one, one. <laughs> but I mean, one it's interesting the anglo-saxons actually don't know what they believed before there's 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 a whole industry of reading beowulf particularly what right my winning old english word um there's a whole industry of reading beowulf to figure out which bits are like evidence of anglo-saxon paganism mm -hmm. and the answer is none of it <laughs> um because it's wow. not written down until the 11th century and when it's written down it's all about it's 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 kind of i mean this is the book that tolkien read over and over and over again he, he lectured on it um already in the in the in the time when it's written all of the 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 jewels and the the customs and everything they have are old and ancient and it's it's okay. beowulf is basically historical fiction fantasy of what we thought our ancestors were like as pagans there's 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 very little evidence i mean even there's no there's no rituals they do sacrifices because grendel's eating all of them but they don't know you know the, the 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 poet doesn't know anything that they did right so we have pretty much mm. zero evidence about what the anglo-saxons did in their worship near zero evidence about what their temples were like even though gregory the great says don't take tear them down rebuild them as churches or reconsecrate them as churches it's very interesting it's like our knowledge of what the anglo-saxons were before they converted christianity is basically like bead makes it in the sparrow story <laughs> we don't know and and we know very little, you know, what we think we know about Germanic religion is is likewise written down in in the Christian period. So, you know, the 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 Israelite story becomes the mythology of Europe. Yes. Yes. And and this this desire to be in the larger story of creation, which is also told in Beowulf. It's like the harpist, the bard in Beowulf and Herut in Hrothgar's hall, sings the story of creation, sings the story of Genesis. And we have lots and lots of, I probably I could pull up the book without knocking my wine glass over, Old English poetry, but it's mainly Christian. Mm. You know, Beowulf and, and then creation stories. So the the feeling of being in that biblical prophecy, right? That is English, right? If you want to be English, you're in the biblical prophecy that says you're, you're an Israelite. <laughs> You're How, in the ghost story. You're in the ghost story. How did we pull mm -hmm. that off, right? Yay is right <laughs> on layers that we haven't even got to yet. But the, yeah, you know, the, he's right. Oh, totally. Yeah. The, 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 so the English as the 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 slave slavers language, okay. Mm -hmm. um, English as the mythology that develops in Elizabethan England. English as it's iambic pentameter. If you're not writing the iambic pentameter, you're basically not doing English. Um, it's all of these layers, which is also why, you know, it's like we carry all of this with us in our speech. I carry all yes. of this with me in my actual genealogy. It, it is us, right? And you know, whatever Hawkins was before he was Hawkins was English mm. or Devonshire, whatever. But, you know... <laughs> Um, that, but that, but that, that it carries into, you know, this lineage back to touching Egypt and mm. Ethiopia and 
the human race. One Christendom. One Christendom. One Christendom. Hmm. I don't want to stop talking to you, but I need to leave. <laughs> well, that's okay. So I, I, at this moment, I have them doing their swords together. I did have one more picture that you wanted to tell people about, which is Barbarossa. And... One for all and all yes, for I one. Yes, I did, but Barbarossa, tell them who Barbarossa is. Oh! Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Barbarossa. Who was he really? He was an Ottoman pirate. <laughs> who used to sail around the North African shores and also a little close to Europe. And uh, he would be pinching people all over the place, including Europeans. Then bringing them down into the Ottoman uh, controlled areas or the North African region and selling them in slave markets to buyers, some of whom look exactly like Kanye <gasps> We're all one story. Yeah. Yeah. The ghost story. It's, it, we're in that ghost story. So we're back to that crack monkey. And we're all... Well, crack we're monkey. All, oh, we're crack all monkey. smoking that pipe. <laughs> yes. Some of us are just more honest about it than others. <laughs> well, now, that, now that my Hawkinsian lineage is, is, is assured, it's like... Well, you've come clean now. Everybody knows your your secret. I, I well, insofar as they watch the Mosaic Arc, and now you realize I'm deeply family, you know, family investment in Draco Alchemicus. <laughs> On all levels, he served Elizabeth the first. We 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 serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad right. you escaped from the pirates down under. Are we going to promise them something? We're going to talk about next week. What? What shall we talk about next week? We don't know yet. Ooh, do we? Let's figure okay, it out. Good. <laughs> we've got time. <laughs> That's good. So we actually we've had we've had a stalwart um, uh, a chat on unauthorized, and T Max says kind of mind blowing. I hope that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> thank you all so much for joining us and we will continue our journey next week on the mosaic arc good night happy sailing happy sailing <laughs>